morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. And we got Jenna X joining us on this Tuesday, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how a new ETF product has been listed on the NASDAQ, indicating that, if, that a spot ETF could soon be coming to the American markets. As the Ripple case was dismissed over the weekend, we've got some new official documents that we're going to cover during the show. While JP Morgan, a financial titan, is bullish on Bitcoin, stating that they're anticipating a product to be approved in the next three months. And with the XRPL being developed before our eyes, we break down the details, explaining how tokenization and utility are set to change the price for XRP. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3C Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, these glasses, they're sponsored by Merlin, my friend. So 30-day free trial down below, guys. But first of all, how you feel, my friend? We got a bunch of great news prepared. What's on your mind? Abs, it looks like everybody's digging our new uh, blue light glasses. When you sit in front of a computer all day long, it is nice to have these if you don't have them. But anyway, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you. And no, they're not sponsored by Merlin. But glad to see everybody today. Can't wait to hop into it. Everybody's excited. Bitcoin was pumping last night. Everybody has people saying, go live, go live. I wasn't around. I saw Jetta was out there live. But uh, it's a very, very interesting time. There's a lot of green out there, brother. A lot of green. And I just had to show the crypto bubbles before we get into the episode, Gonzo. Look at some of these daily movers. Pretty much up 10% across the board. XRP was up to 58 cents this morning. And we're going to be covering the price chart today because I believe we are only getting started with Bitcoin, and that's great for the altcoins as well. But first of all, how are you feeling, Gonzo, and what's on your mind? Yeah, you know, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Um, yeah, man, it's been a great morning so far. We got to do Orlando Crypto, and then, you know, we talked a little bit about the TA and how, you know, this theory of the altcoins being drained of money and going into Bitcoin, and, and that seems to be playing out. Even though the altcoins, you see them, that they're green today, if you look at their Bitcoin pairs, um, they're actually on their way down, right? Because when you look at the total market cap, there's only a certain amount of money that's in the market. And if you look at everything, excluding like Ethereum and Bitcoin, you can see that the altcoin market is just making a higher low. So the 10 trend is still down, which tells us that money's flowing into Bitcoin from the altcoins, right? But there's still money to be made. It's a trader's market. Definitely, uh, you know, you could put in some swing positions. Wait, I got a quick question. Uh, make some money. So you brought yeah. up how I'm actually seeing the market cap rise. So over the last 24 hours, we've seen about, I believe it's $130 billion of new money into the market. And it could actually be more than that. The total market cap yesterday was $1.08 trillion. This morning, it's $1.27 trillion. That's a lot of new money in the last few hours. So that is new liquidity. I just wanted to point that out. Any response? Yeah. If you look at, if you looked at the chart right now, the total market cap, we're literally breaking the high from the summer, right? And so I'm not saying that there is no new money coming in, but I'm saying when you look at a bull run, the kind of new money that comes in, so we have a little bit of new money coming in, and then the other money is coming from people selling their altcoins into Bitcoin, right? And so, and so that's what I'm saying, right? Because if we had tons of new money coming in, we should be breaking the all-time high for total market cap and then just running 
but we're actually just kind of matching the summer and finally kind of breaking it a little bit. We're kind of even to where we were at during the summer. Basically what he's saying is there's some new money coming in and that's going into Bitcoin and there's money leaving altcoins and that's going into Bitcoin. Everything's going exactly right now, Uh, but that's okay because that's how it works. Everything goes into Bitcoin first, Bitcoin pumps, People sell, take their profit, and then they go back into altcoins. And that's just how, how it's been yes. working for the past few years. Right. And so, like, you you think it's a green market today. Wait until we finally get that kind of capitulation thing not, where the money flow goes from Bitcoin into altcoins. That's going to be a hell of a of like an, of an alt season. That's Absolutely what I'm not. waiting for, God. So everybody, I got to let Jenna do her introduction, guys. We got 234 live listeners yeah, joining us. We need to get to Jenna yet. Show us some love, smash that like. But as you can see, people are excited. It is tough to get a word in, Jenna. But here's what I do want to say. <laughs> Money's going into Bitcoin. Money's going into the altcoins. There's a lot of exciting news. And we're going to show a video of Hester Pierce indicating that she wanted a Bitcoin product five years ago in the USA. So this is long overdue. But first of all, how are you feeling? Thanks for being here. I'm feeling bullish. I'm feeling amazing. Wow, it's been an awesome past couple of days. Um Guys, this is just the beginning. I see like the fear and greed index. It was up to like 66 or 67. This makes me excited, makes me so happy. And yeah, I'm looking forward to jumping into all of our articles and to be here with you guys. It's always the best part of my week. And good morning to all of you fabulous warriors out there. Thank you so much, Jenna. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button. I'm putting like five, six, 10 updates out throughout the day. When we check out some of the daily movers this morning, look at this, Johnny. It is green bubbles across the board. Hex token up 15%. XRP up about 8%. Matic up 6%. Bitcoin up nearly 12% on the 24-hour chart. This is a massive, massive day for XRP and the crypto market overall. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.26 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 43%, or sorry, 53% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at $34,100 this morning. No, that is not an edit on the screen, guys. We are up nearly $7,000 in the last, uh, I believe it's it's 48 hours. In the last 24 hours, it's four grand. If you go back 48 hours, it's about $7,000. Pretty, pretty crazy here. Ethereum, 18.15. XRP, up about 8% on the day, sitting at 58 cents. And we've got Cardano still struggling here. Up 8%, though, at 29 cents per token. And guys, we got 259 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo broke it down earlier in the episode. Bitcoin, it's at a pretty exciting time. The RSI is extended. And we know money is circling from the alts into Bitcoin right now. But here's what's interesting. I found a Coindesk update this morning saying data venues from CME and Hong Kong Bitcoin futures ETF suggest that the Bitcoin surge to 35,000 was driven by institutional investors. That is from Coindesk this morning. And I do want to get this thing started with an interview with Hester Pierce yesterday, indicating that these ETF products, they're long overdue. She is now more open uh, to approving one of these types of uh, funds. Is it? Well, good morning, Andrew. And I can't I can't say whether or not the, the commission is is ready to approve a Bitcoin exchange traded product. I've been thinking we should approve one for the last five years so that the logic for why we haven't has always mystified me. Um, the court case obviously is is an important factor in the landscape, but um, I can't guess as to my colleagues approach to this topic. But- Taking a page out of Gary Gensler's book there, answering without an answer. But that speaks volumes, Jenna. It's like they say, 
the silence is loud. And when you listen to what Hester Pierce is saying, she's saying that she's not opposed to the product. She's an advocate for it. And so the Grayscale case was officially dismissed. There's really nothing standing in the way. Do you think this is what's causing the price action right now? People excited about these products being launched. Jenna. Yeah, yeah, totally do. Um, guys, it's going to be one of those things where like people are just waiting on the sidelines, still trying to figure out, oh, well, I'm just going to go ahead and get into Bitcoin whenever it drops down. People have been saying that and your favorite, you know, um, um, influencers have been like, oh, it's going to drop down to 10K, 15K again. No, that has not happened. Like you got to get in or you're going to watch from the sidelines. That's all there is to it. I mean, yeah, we have to come down, retest the levels and everything. But in the big picture, we're only going up. And when you zoom out and decide, when did this bull run actually start, Gonzo? The thing that sticks out to me, Larry Fink's statements last week. We got two really big videos that we showed on our show throughout the week. The first one was Larry Fink saying it's tokenization, or sorry, it's stocks. No, here's what it was. Sorry. And, and let me get this quote right. It was treasuries, gold, and crypto. He said that on CNBC. And that was the first big clip. Mm -hmm. The second one was Gary Gensler doing an interview with, I don't even remember who, but he said that there's really nothing. He thinks eight to 10 ETFs could be approved at the same time. And he's not allowed to address individual applications, but broadly, it's looking like there's nothing in our way. Well, this is the update we have this morning, Gonzo, before I kick it over to you. As the iShares Bitcoin Trust has been listed on the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, which clears on the NASDAQ. The ticker will be IBTC. And again, all parts in the process are leading us to an ETF product being launched soon. So what's really going on here? Jeremy Hogan tuned in, and this was his opinion on the whole ordeal. The Bitcoin ETF listing on the NASDAQ is only evidence of BlackRock's confidence that its ETF will be approved by the SEC. It's like cleaning up your bedroom and making sure your roomie is out of the apartment all night. It might not happen on this date, but you got a good feeling. And Jeremy Hogan, he's hilarious. I, I love those comments. But Gonzo, what do you think? We see the BlackRock product. It's already listed on the NASDAQ. We're just waiting for approval from the SEC. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're listing the ETF thing. There's another story where they talked about the whole seeding thing, where they're allowed now to like start to seed the ETF, which means they can buy the asset. And he made sure to say like they're not buying tons of it, but they can start kind of allocating the money to buy the asset. And so all of that is driving the price up. My 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 question is this: is that yeah, this thing can rip up, right? We can rip up to 40,000, maybe even 50,000, not an all-time high, but you're going to get pure FOMO as people come in to buy. My question is what happens after, right? What happens after the market absorbs like all of the hype of the ETF? And because the issue really isn't crypto, right? We're the bullish that we've ever been. We're the closest that we've ever had to regulation. The SEC keeps losing. We have the Bitcoin ETF. All these things are for crypto. What we have is issues with like the economy, right? What the Fed is doing. We have the war narrative that's going to be coming up. We have the Fed narrative, right? Are they going to raise rates, right? Are they going to hold them for higher? We still kind of have a liquidity issue. So eventually when that runs out, and, and, and this goes to kind of like what Jenna was saying, like you could still get in, but you could wait for the correction that comes in when that happens. And there's buy support, right? Like in bull runs, you want to buy support, not like the resistance as we go through it, right? And so- like, don't get FOMO. Like, to be honest with you, the bull run started at the beginning of the year, right? Those were the times when everyone was freaking out saying that Bitcoin was going to 3,000. You should have been buying at 16, 17, 18, 19. You'd be in huge profit. Instead of worrying about buying in, you'd be looking how to scale out for the next kind of go around. And so that just goes to show that when you have max fear in the market 
and, and everyone's freaking out, those are the best times to buy, even though it feels uncomfortable. And then as we get greedy, those are the times that you're scaling out. And I love the data that we got out of Coindesk this morning, Gonzo, because you make a great point. Who was doing the buying at $15,000? Johnny says this all the time. BlackRock, JP Morgan, all these products, they knew they were in the works three months ago. It's not like they just came onto, the, onto BlackRock's desk back in 2023 during August. These documents have been in the works since 2017. And Hester Pierce even indicated they denied these products back then because they couldn't understand what it was. Now, there's a clear indication Bitcoin can be traded on the stock exchange. And that's what's in the works this morning, Johnny Crypto. We got 325 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And right now, we are talking about Hester Pierce saying the logic for why we haven't approved an ETF, it's always mystified this SEC commissioner. And Johnny Crypto, we got to get your comments on this story as well. As the iShares Bitcoin Trust, which is BlackRock for the record, has been listed on the DTCC, which clears on the NASDAQ. What does that mean? The product is ready to roll out onto the US markets, Johnny Crypto. And that could be one of the reasons the market's pumping this morning. But you haven't said anything yet. I'm kicking it to you, my friend. Oh, it's okay to talk now? Just want to make sure it's okay to talk. What? Now. No, I just want to make sure you know. Oh. Okay, I'm okay to talk now, you know. Hold on, guys. Uh, Let me get a tissue for Johnny Crypto over here. Oh no, I got one for you. Here we go. You can have it. I'll, I'll mail them down to you. Uh, you know, the reality is, I don't need it. When you're preparing for these things, this is what you're seeing. You know, they they they're, they're as as Jeremy said, they're taking a leap here and getting out there and preparing for it because they know it's coming. Because they got the connections. And that's what's driving all this excitement. When people say, no, Johnny's feelings are hurt. Get that thing off the air. Get that thing out of there. I'm sorry, um, Johnny. I know you're emotional this morning. Um, not at all. But anyway, so the reality is this whole thing, you know, this whole everyone's wondering what this pump is going about. When people start to see things like that, that's what gets everybody excited. I mean, the reality is we've all known that the Bitcoin ETF is coming. But when you see real indication of it like an you know the actual ticker symbol which is obviously going to be ibtc right that will be the the ticker symbol if you want to buy it on the nasdaq to get into it so it's it's becoming more realistic to people and i think that's why you're seeing a lot of excitement there may be some small buying as well as agonzo said they had out they can allocate small amounts of funds to start buying some bitcoin maybe they even are buying some I'm not sure what the rule is on that so but nonetheless that i think is what's driving all this the real question is going to be you know, where does this go? I actually thought this would happen much later down the road, this approval. And I thought it'd be more timed with the actual having, which I think would be for uh, would be better for the whole industry. But if we get that now and then we have it having later, it's kind of it's going to be they're going to be a little broken apart there. And I'm wondering what that's going to be like for the market. It's going to be a very, very up and down and bumpy ride as opposed to just a huge catalyst, one catalyst after the other, after the other. So I'm still interested to see when this thing gets approved and how long they're going to drag it out. But if it happens sooner than next year, that that's going to be, it's going to be an interesting ride. You make some phenomenal points, Johnny Crypto. And I think the biggest thing you're talking about is a shift in narrative from the institutions. Can you elaborate on that real quick? And we got 375 live listeners here. Show us some love, smash that like button. I'm sure a lot of people are wondering what is up with Bitcoin over $34,000 this morning. Well, we've been talking about it a little bit. ETF products are coming to the USA, and that's what's getting ready right now. $35,000 Bitcoin last night. We started off this week at 27K, Gonzo. So if anybody knows that, it's Gonzo. The guy's watching the charts 24-7. But, Gon but uh, Johnny, give me, give me an indication here. Give me a narrative. 
is this the moment before the storm? Is this the the foundation being built for these ETF products to be launched? Well, I mean, it's certainly it's hard to argue against it that you have that, that it's coming. You know, the, the calm before the storm, of course, you know, with anything, the way these markets are played, it's always, you know, buy the rumor, sell the news kind of a thing. And so I think there's some of that happening at play here right now. And so, you know, people are buying the rumor. That's this right. This is the rumor that it's going to get approved. And then, of course, when it does, don't be surprised if there's a big crash or a tank. The interesting thing that that the only thing that makes me wonder what's going to happen is because we really haven't been through one of these yet. Unless if you want to go back all the way to the gold ETF is if we do get approval now, you, you know, yeah, you would normally sell the news. However, you may have real institutional buying coming in to actually continue to drive the price up. So I'm not so sure if this is sell the news kind of event. That is what's kind of what we got to wait to see. We got to see how it reacts. Is it, you know, yeah, dump it, it's over, and it takes a year before people start buying into Bitcoin? Or do we start seeing it almost instantly? That's that's the thing that I think we have to keep our eye on and see how the whole thing plays out. Gonzo, I want to get your comments as well, but let's yeah. cover this update about New York City having an XRPL advertisement. Look at this. This is from Ido Farina this morning on Twitter. A colossal XRP ledger ad takes center stage in Times Square. It says, build and mint on the XRPL just as New York never sleeps, the XRPL never sleeps, Gonzo. And that's a great advertisement right there. That is probably the biggest screen I've ever seen, and it's in New York City. So more positive news, but what, what's on your mind? Yeah, I was just going to say, look, I know it's a very small percent chance, but we know we need to look at the opposite side of the coin, even though it's a small percent chance, right? Kathy Wood has talked about that, you know, lately – there's been engagement with the SEC as far as their application for the spot ETF, where they never had engagement before. Where have you heard that before, right? Ripple, they told us about this. Coinbase has told us about this, where you go and you meet with the SEC, you have all these meetings, you think it's going a certain way, and then they turn around and use that information against you. Now, again, I believe that they're going to approve the spot ETF, but maybe they're looking to delay it, right? Because remember, ARCs is first, so they either have to approve them all at once so that BlackRock jumps in on that, or they need to find a reason to deny ARCs that's up on January 10th, because on January 10th, it's deny or approve, right? The one for BlackRock, I think that date comes up in March. So, I mean, just imagine uh, all of a sudden he comes out on January 10th, or maybe before that, and they straight up just deny it, right? Imagine that rug pull, the correction that happens after that. Now, it's a small percent chance, but we have to look at like kind of both sides of the argument. More than likely, BlackRock has a lot of power, right, and influence over the SEC, and all these moves are to approve it or to eventually approve it. So we'll have to see how it plays out. Jenna, I love what Jeremy had to say here. It comes back to the old Italian saying, money talks and BS walks, Johnny Crypto. And the Bitcoin listing on the NASDAQ, it's only evidence of BlackRock's confidence that the SEC will approve an ETF product. I'd like to hear your comments before we move on. Oh, I agree. Well, all of... BlackRock's previous ETFs have been approved, right? They've never had one denied. So, and they, if they have a ticker and everything, I'm pretty sure <laughs> they're highly confident this is going to be approved. I mean, why wouldn't it be, right? Spot on, Jenna. And this is a video that I, I immediately thought of when I saw Bitcoin pumping last night. We got a bunch of indicators last week from Larry Fink to Gary Gensler telling us they're about to see a change in the way that the stock market and institutions interact with the crypto market. We've only seen them use Ethereum. 
Now we are going to see institutional money start investing in Bitcoin. And this video is a prime example of that. Guys, we got 397 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you want a pair of Johnny Crypto's glasses, well, Johnny Crypto, we'll have to tell him the link later in the show. But here we go, guys. Why is the crypto market pumping right now? This could be a prime example. Fidelity. You know, these are huge players that are looking to get an approval of a, of a Bitcoin spot ETF. Larry Fink was on TV yesterday and said that crypto, didn't say Bitcoin, he actually said crypto is a flight to quality alongside U.S. treasuries and gold. And that that's what it's going to be viewed as. People seem to have missed in the fact that they applied for a Bitcoin spot ETF that in their last yearly investment letter, Larry Fink and BlackRock went on a very long tirade about the future of finance being tokenization and tokenizing assets and everything trading digitally. We just saw BlackRock settle the first transaction on JP Morgan Onyx, which was a tokenized mutual fund sent to Barclays Bank. This is happening with or without the SEC, and these players are more powerful than the SEC. That's what I love. Those last two sentences right there. This is happening with or without the SEC, and these players are more powerful than the SEC. Johnny Crypto, we're going to cover some Ripple topics. We're going to cover the XRPL next, but give me some thoughts right now. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, <clears throat> there's no question about it that these, these larger companies are going to be driving the technologies and what's coming down the road. And, you know, what I think is the most important narrative there is the fact that the narrative has switched. That's the most important part. Fink is talking about crypto being a flight to safety. Think about that. Just think about what that was. Just a, a year ago, crypto was a scam and it was a horrible thing. And JP Morgan was firing anybody who was invested in it. And now the man who runs one of the biggest, biggest entities in the world is saying that crypto, crypto is a flight to safety. I mean, guys, if you want to talk about a complete 180, you can't ask for a more bullish statement these guys have flipped the switch or whatever you want to say you know flip the narrative they're ready to go they've got their bags packed the sandbox is full they own the sandbox now and it's a whole new game it's completely different and so that's why like it was like oh it's the same four-year bull run i don't know right now you got big boys in this game that haven't been in this game before and to me like yeah everybody's gonna go along and we're, all we can do is assume we're gonna get the same exact four-year bull run pattern that we've gotten every four years but you got to also add in a little bit of salt now. You got a little bit of garlic. We got a little bit of onion powder in this thing. It's a different mix now. It ain't the same players. We don't have the little little baby sharks or little baby whales of this. You got the big boys in the game now. So to me, eh, you know, it's going to be a very interesting ride. We're going to learn a lot over the next six to nine months. That's for sure. Gonzo, I'd love for you to take the opposite end of this. Everybody's bullish about these markets right now. And you've done a little bit of this throughout the episode. Maybe paint a bearish case scenario, right? Bitcoin, is this a pump before a big dump? We know what goes up must come down. And there's a great saying that they have in the trading market as well. I believe it's the longer the dip, the higher the, or the longer the foundation, the higher the rise. It's something along those lines. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. But that's what I'd like for you to paint the picture of right now. Is there a scenario where it's not positive for Bitcoin with all the optimism in the market today? I wouldn't say it's not positive because overall, like, it, you know, long on Bitcoin, right, on, on the overall when you take a, a long perspective. But in the short term, what you could see is that same theory I'm talking about where the liquidity gets sucked out of the altcoins. You get some new money that comes in. But after we absorb all of the hype, what happens is the altcoins have no more liquidity to give. There isn't tons of new money coming in. And then Bitcoin drops, right? And we usually see this in a pre-having year. We're going to get some dark correction. So you could get Bitcoin 
can rip up all the way to 50,000. And if you get a 50,000 or 50% correction, right, right before the halving because of some type of sell-off with the miners or what have you, or just the liquidity is not there because of the macro, it can drop 50%. We've seen Bitcoin do that before. And where does it put you back at? 25K, right? If it goes a little bit lower and then maybe it doesn't drop 50%, 40%, we're back to kind of these levels. And that's what I talk about. There's no need to FOMO, wait for it to settle to see what happens after we absorb all this and you'll, and you'll have another opportunity. And I always say this, like if you miss this opportunity, there's always another opportunity in the market in some altcoin or some other blockchain that you can invest in where you can make gains, right? There's no need to chase these candles. Absolutely, Gonzo. And I think you make a great point. Even if this is a pump before a dump, it's about profiting in this market, long-term accumulation. And the fact is, Bitcoin, it's completed its depression phase. It has completed the phase where it's in maximum fear. We were at $15,000 last summer, guys. People were calling for lower prices. That was the time to accumulate. And I actually want to give a shout out to our friend, Tony Edward. He put out a great tweet today. When you're buying in the midst of a bear market, everybody criticizes you. You tell people you're buying Bitcoin this morning, the first thing they're going to do is pat you on the back because CNBC is talking about how they should be purchasing it right now. And we got 436 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, this is why it's important to have an exit plan. Look at what Bitcoin's done just over the last week or so. We started off on October 15th at $26,800. We got a Larry Fink video, a Gary Gensler video, a Kathy Wood video, and look at us. We are at $34,300 this morning. We're doing a lot of Bitcoin content because, guys, this is the best thing that could happen to altcoins. Bitcoin getting into $35,000, $40,000, and then toppling over, that liquidity is going to go somewhere, and it's not all going to exit the market. We're going to see the altcoins pump as well, Johnny. So, I threw a lot at you. We got some XRPL content to get into, but why don't you close us out here? You know what's amazing there? That's a 30% gain. If people can get 30% in the stock, it would take three years on average of a 12-year percent average. <laughs> you get it in one week, you know, but in crypto, we're spoiled, right? And 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 so everybody's waiting for a much, much bigger gain than that. Uh, but 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 so from that perspective, I find it fascinating. And you're right, Abs, people should have an exit plan. People should get out. If you don't have some way to track your crypto and get out and this ain't this isn't a, a cheap plug you just need to do something whether it's merlin or not do whatever the hell you want to do but if you don't have an exit plan and you don't have a way that you're just going to watch this stuff go up and you're going to watch it go down because of what ab said earlier people are going to pat you on the back for buying it high because they don't understand the game and then you're just going to be crying later when you're holding the bag because when it drops you didn't have an exit plan and got out. And that's a very big problem. And But that's how the market works. The market is rigged to play on your emotions. You're going to buy when everybody tells you it feels good to buy. But the problem is that's when you're supposed to sell. We're supposed to be selling right around now or pretty soon, right? At the end of the day, if you think about it, you, this is probably should be one. You're up 30%. That's pretty good exit target for one of you know your four or five exit targets that you have in place so anyway there is a very interesting conundrum out there though abs we've got the blackrock etf which is due for approval in 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 march but arc's investment is in january and that's the last attempt for it so it's a very interesting conundrum for the sec because if they deny arcs they're going to have a damn good they're going to have to have a damn good reason of why then they're going to go and approve blackrock's three months later that, to me, is very, very interesting. So we've all been saying BlackRock's first, but the reality is it could be ARC or 
what kind of narrative are they going to spin to deny one and three months later find a solution? I don't know. Very interesting. Keep an eye on that. That's something else to keep an eye on there. I didn't realize ARC is on their last approval process. So because of that, that throws a very interesting uh, curveball into this whole thing. Well, the Grayscale narrative also ties in here, Johnny, because it's putting pressure on the SEC to make a decision. Grayscale's court victory over the SEC in a spot ETF case is made final this week as Grayscale's application to convert its GBC to a spot ETF fund will now be reconsidered by the SEC. And we're seeing they're being put in a situation where they can't just stand there and say we're not going to comment anymore. The courts are calling on the SEC. And it's like Brad Garlinghouse said, the second that he was sued by Gary Gensler, or actually it was Jay Clayton back in 2020, was he said clarity comes through the courts. And that's what we're witnessing right now with Bitcoin, with Ripple. We're seeing it all throughout the market. The courts are doing the right things here, and they're actually making favorable decisions for the crypto market. But we're going to talk about a little bit of Larry Fink and a little bit about how XRP is set to rise in price. Let's actually start with an XRP video, guys. This is Brad Garlinghouse discussing Ripple's relationship to XRP and the use cases for their native currency. We own a lot of XRP. And we think XRP is extremely efficient for many use cases. Not all use cases. We, we definitely are not maximalists in that we think that there's a place for Bitcoin. There's a place for a lot of other uh, tokens and different use cases. But you know, Ripple at its core is an enterprise infrastructure company focused on blockchain. At we so I love that. I'm going to play the first 10 seconds and kick it to you, Gonzo. Own a lot of XRP. And we think XRP is extremely efficient for many use cases. Not all. So this is what I take away from that. Obviously, he goes on to elaborate. Not all use cases, right? XRP is probably not the best thing to store your value in. It's not closest to gold, aka Bitcoin, right? But one of the things that XRP is great for is its efficiency, its transparency, the ability to communicate instantaneously. And that's why they're using it, not because they have a favoritism towards XRP, but instead because it's the best product for what they've built. That's massive for the market, and it's a great sign for the currency. What do you take away from this video, Gonzo? Yeah, you know, I just love how level-headed he is as far as like, yeah, he understands what they've built and what its main purpose is for, right? And it's not going to fit all niches. And that's why we say like you got to have these, uh, you know, Johnny loves to say these multiple horses because there's different aspects, you know, whether it's payments, whether it's tokenization, whether it's gaming, right? There are, there are going to be these these protocols or these blockchains that are going to rise to the surface, right? When the other ones fall away and there's plenty of room. That's why there's no room. I feel for tribalism, right? You don't need to be toxic. You don't need one to lose for the other to win. I, that's not a very, it's a very childish way to think, right? There's plenty. It's a brand new space. It's a brand new asset class. There's plenty of space for all of them to grow. It's not going to be all of them, right? Like we got 20 something thousand tokens. A lot of those have to go away, right? And it'd be nice if they went away because that liquidity needs to go somewhere. It would be great if those projects went away and the liquidity went into XRP, XLM, XTC, all the ISO tokens that we love, or Solana, Ethereum, whichever layer one, AVAX, right? Um, and so we still need to see that, that transition. And that's why people keep talking about this is going to be a hell of a bull run. But I just, as a leader and as a, a, of a company, um, this is why Ripple does so well because of of, of the way that he is, right? He represents the company and he represents it well. Johnny Crypto, I'm going to play a Larry Fink video next. Just give me about 15 to 30 seconds here to find it because I got so many tabs open and the Mac system, for some reason, it doesn't let you see the tab unless you click on it. But floor is yours for 15 while I pull this up. Well, you know, I guess uh, when we think about 
where we're headed with this space, the, the first question you ask yourself is what is, you know, I think people need to think about what is their plan at. And you did your job, my friend, you did your job. And that's why we love Johnny crypto guys. We got 464 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. Thank you for taking the floor, Johnny. This is Larry Fink discussing treasuries, gold, and now crypto. Oh, and it's muted. One second here, guys. And crypto. Probably is way beyond the rumor. I think the, the rally today is about a fight to quality with all the, you know, all the issues around the Israeli war now, um, global terrorism. And I think there's more people running into a fight to quality, whether that is in treasuries, gold, or crypto, depending on how you think about it. And I believe crypto will play that type of role as a flight to quality. <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. Yeah, he so, called it international I mean, money uh, yesterday. I mean, he this is a guy that was money. killing crypto, killing it a year ago. I mean, this is okay. So in the WWE, this is what we call a heel turn. All right, anybody who watches wrestling knows that you got a bad guy, and when the bad guy turns to the good guy, we call that a heel turn. And this is the ultimate. You want to talk about the ultimate? You heard just saying, like, "Oh yeah, crypto, definitely. Yeah, that's a place to be. You gotta go." Go pull his videos up three years ago and see what he says about crypto. It's just so amazing. It's so cool to watch it actually happening and see it. And the fact that we're all in it early as these guys are spinning the boat to flip and then run the narrative as they flip the narrative to, to pump up crypto. It's just, just going to be it's going to be a great two years, my friend. I think we're going to have a wonderful two years. Gonzo, here's what I like about this. The flight to quality narrative is one that's clearly been constructed by the global elites. And they talk about it because it comes from the bond market. They used to talk about a flight to quality into United States bonds. That's where that original phrase comes from. And you can shout out Coach JV. Or actually, I should shout out Coach JV because that's where I learned that information. But we're seeing the same thing happening with crypto. The flight to quality is in treasuries, gold, and now crypto. Not bonds, not cash, not United States stocks. Treasuries, gold, and crypto. That is super, super bullish. If I showed you this in 2017, you probably wouldn't believe me. So what do you take away from this? We'll kick it to Jenna. Yeah, you know, he Honest, it inter- you're kicking it to me or to Jenna? Let's start with Jenna. Go, ahead, go Jenna. Yeah, sorry. Nothing. It just makes me super bullish. I mean, I'm just so excited. This is what we want to hear and this is what we want to need. Go ahead, Gonzo. Uh, no, yeah, like he was calling it international money. I think it was just yesterday. Like definitely the narrative has changed. And there is like a, a narrative that's out there that talks about that you know, we, we, we all like look at, okay, BlackRock and that, you know, we need this, we need the institutions to make Bitcoin grow so that the rest of the altcoins grow. But there is a narrative that maybe the switch is because maybe BlackRock needs Bitcoin more than Bitcoin needs BlackRock, right? When you look at their total investments and everything that they have under management and what's happened in the economy, these guys might be bleeding money and they need to find the new cash cow and and they just found it right and that's why they're kind of all in so uh kind of an interesting story like i said that 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 maybe blackrock needs bitcoin or cryptocurrency as much as we think that we need blackrock in the asset class well that statement pretty much reminds me of what we covered yesterday guys the chamber of digital commerce and the most important members look at this you got binance binance.us fidelity microstrategies deloitte as we scroll down we'll see visa state street BlackRock is involved in 80% of these companies. And here's a stat that really changed my perspective. BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard own 40% of
of all the companies on the S&P 500. They control 40% of the United States markets. And we're seeing that in this fund as well. So if you don't think they're going to control crypto, that's how they're going to do it. They're going to come in through companies like Visa, companies like MicroStrategy. They take part ownership and they own these assets indirectly. But Johnny, Gonzo brought up that finally we're seeing uh, BlackRock come to the table. Look who's in this foundation here. We got BNY Mellon. We obviously have Wells Fargo. If I scroll down here, Wells Fargo's at the bottom. But Ripple and Stellar are also a part of this collaboration and Wisdom Tree as well. This tells me all the big names are working together behind the scenes. You may as well hold up the WWE sign. What do you take away before we move on? Abs, the best thing is, I, I you know, I just laugh when, when, when we look at how this whole thing plays out. And, you know, if, if you don't believe it, right, that these guys are playing games and spending their, you know, <clears throat> it's just, pro- check this out. This was five years ago. The same guy who just said crypto is a safety <laughs> says he has no interest in cryptocurrency. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's all, it's all just played out right in front of our eyes. Pretty much what we've been saying is, you know, they're going to tell you one thing and do another. Co- credit to coach, right? He's always saying, well, you're looking this way. They're doing something that way. And this is just the actual final validation of that, that this is where we're headed. And that's why, like Jenna said, all of us, everybody should be excited. This is exactly what we want to hear. We finally got this. We got the heel turn. The heel turn is done. We're now moving into what we call the face world or baby face, right? Where now the, they were gonna, you're going to see how they're going to be talking about how crypto is great and Bitcoin is great. And this is great. I mean, this, I really think they're going to pump this old bitch for the next two years like you've never seen pump before. Um, this whole industry. And it's going to, it's going to prop it up and make it a real industry. And that's why I think, you know, what people's expectations are, what this market's going to look like and what it can really look like is different. Because if this does become a true, valid, you know, stock market based industry, we don't know what that looks like. Nobody does. I mean, this whole thing ever since it's been started, since 2009 to today, has never been listed on the NASDAQ. None of it has. But if it all starts getting listed on there. It's it's a completely different ballgame. So it's just it's very fascinating to see it happening. It's going to be very interesting to see how we transition from a you know how, do do these for example do these cryptocurrency exchanges merge with the stock exchanges and do the cryptos actually become a stock? Who knows? It's going to be very very interesting to see how this whole entire market and how this whole you know whole new industry plays out as a whole. Johnny Crypto, we got some bullish statements from John Deaton as well. Everybody's talking about the XRP case. There is a Coinbase versus SEC lawsuit, and that should be talked about just as much right now. John Deaton commented and said, I believe that the judge could issue a huge victory to Coinbase and the crypto industry at large by deciding as a matter of law that the Howey test does not apply to secondary market blind bid and ask transactions. What does that mean? Anything sold in the secondary market is not a security from John Deaton's perspective. As I argued in my amicus brief during the Ripple case, There isn't a single case in eight years where the court found that secondary sale of an asset satisfied the Howey test, even if the asset had been sold originally as an investment contract. Shout out to John Deaton, Johnny Crypto. Let's actually, hmm, it's interesting. Give me some comments before we move on. Well, I think that's, you know, he's just regurgitating there. What he's really solidifying there is the fact that the judge now ruled that all programmatic sales, secondary sales are not. A security so from that perspective he's just reiterating that now for the most part none of those those prior tests have met the howie test we know the howie test doesn't even work for crypto anyway it shouldn't even be part of a of a but we don't have anything else right now 
So everybody goes to the default, you know, de facto fault default case there. But the reality is we need, we need something um, out of Congress that's going to kind of lay this all out. Now, until we get it, you better you bet your ass every single company who gets sued by the SEC is going to point. They're going to point to this ruling in the XRP case and say, hey, program sales are not a security. Now, the question is, you know, all these things depend on the level of the court it was done and the facts need to be identical and all that stuff. So it's going to be a tricky case. We hope that at the end of the day, Abs, we get some real rules and laws out of out of Congress that just states what it is. So we don't have to rely on a court case ruling, a Howie ruling or something else. We just want Congress to come out and say, this is what it is. And we know that's in the works. The question is, when is it going to come out? For the longest time, the United States dollar has dominated the global trade markets. But right now, that is changing before our eyes. And we are going to break it down. We got a video from David Schwartz. We also have this article right here, which is explaining how the Chinese digital one CBDC was used for the first time to settle a cross-border oil deal. This is a concern that I have for the U.S. dollar. If we see them start settling in uh, currencies other than the U.S. dollar for oil trade, we're going to have a serious problem when it comes to the value. But this is David Schwartz discussing how there's always a natural migration into better technologies, and that could be one of the reasons the U.S. dollar is falling behind. Things out of the, bed. the United States has um, geopolitical issues with the popularity of the dollar, and if the dollar lags behind technically, that could become a factor of pulling against adoption of the dollar. So I think they're going to be in kind of the position that kind of like uh, what happened to Sony as they watched digital music happen. Like, they're like we have a solid position here and we could lose it to technological innovations. And we, we would love to sell CDs forever. But, you know, if people want digital downloads, then we can't let, you know, Apple become, you know, which could be China in the analogy or, or any of the countries that would like to usurp the U.S.'s role. You hear that, Johnny? It's like everybody would love to sell CDs and flip phones forever. But Steve Jobs launched the iPhone now we got to deal with that obstacle. And that's what the crypto market is for traditional currency. That's right. Cheaper, faster, better. Like you always say, you can apply it to currencies or corporate America, but floor is yours, my friend. You're learning, my friend. I'm very proud of that. That's right. Cheaper, better. Don't ever forget that. Every single company in the world is always looking for a cheaper, better product solution. Think about it. Because that affects what? Your bottom line. That's how you make more money. You make a better product, you sell it for, and, and you can make it for cheaper. It's, it's, a no, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. It's how the world works. And so that's exactly what you saw, and that's what we see is coming with cryptocurrency technology. We know that these blockchains will, will be better, they'll be faster, more efficient in certain areas and certain real-world use cases. Most of it, apps will be behind-the-scenes kind of stuff that will then result in potentially new products as well, tokenization products and things like that that you're going to see. But a lot of this stuff will be behind-the-scenes technologies that you're not going to really touch or feel. But you may see the end result of it through a product or you know something you use or an app or something that you're using. But so, but nonetheless, regardless, he's right, spot on in terms of technology. You have to stay in the forefront, or you will fall behind. And Gonzo, this is another example of the XRPL staying above the rest of the market, or at least at the forefront, like Johnny Crypto had mentioned. Ripple CTO David Schwartz dropped a gem during his interview this summer. He said tokenization on the XRPL will become a reality in just 18 months. What does that mean? Real world assets being tokenized on the XRPL. It's going to create a lot of new money for the market, but more so for XRP in particular. And Jenna, I'd love to start with you. Are you excited about the tokenization aspect of the XRPL? Do you think this could be a catalyst for XRP's price? Oh my gosh, yeah, because you're talking about trillions of dollars moving into the XRPL abs, and that is absolutely 
huge. That is what everyone's talking about. Um, I think that tokenization of assets is going to be the new hot thing. So looking forward to that for sure. Super bullish. Gonzo, I want to get your comments as well, but let's actually play this little video from David Schwartz here explaining how you can tokenize real world assets and how that can change the course of cryptocurrencies forever. And once again, I've messed up with the mute button. Here we go. As real world asset tokenization projects grow, I think the XRP Ledger is going to be a really good platform for them to launch on, uh, you, particularly because of the low fees and because of the integration with the DEX, with the proximity to sort of the movement of funds. The ability, you know, if someone's going to buy, what do you want to do with a real world tokenized asset? You want to buy it, you want to sell it, you want to hold it, you want to transfer it. And if you want to buy it and sell it, you want to be able to do that with whatever asset is convenient for you. You don't want to tie... If you tokenize some sort of debt, like you don't want to tie it to U.S. dollars because then that limits access to it. people who have sort of proximity to U.S. dollars. One of the things the XRP Ledger is good for is giving you sort of proximity to many different assets and that exchange is seamlessly built in. So I think that's going to make, that's one of the many reasons why the XRP Ledger is going to be a good place to launch tokenized real world assets. I think we'll see that in the next year, year and a half. Cool. Yeah. And there's a... As real and I love that last quote, Gonzo. We'll see that in the next year to year and a half. And this was three months ago at this point. So we're talking about 12, nine to 15 months away. We're going to see tokenized assets. And I'm sure we got 473 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'm sure a lot of you are coming in just right now, looking at the crypto market, saying, what is happening this morning? That's what we're discussing right now. ETF products, Gary Gensler becoming bullish. We've also got tokenized assets entering the market, Gonzo. There's a lot we just threw out there. How do you feel about tokenized assets coming to the XRPL and the impact that may have on crypto overall? I think it's going to be one of it's going to end up being one of the major use cases for um, for crypto blockchain, whatever they use, right? Besides like payments, right? Because it's what's being developed right now. There's tons of money, like Jenna was saying, in tokenized assets. Just think about like just the gold market, but whether it's real estate, whether it's gold whether it's securities, commodities, all of this stuff is going to be tokenized so that it's easier to move the value and exchange one for another, right? And when you look at, like, let's take gold for an example, right? Like, when you think about, like, let's say my parents that paid, like, 100 grand for their house or my grandparents that might have paid $50,000, $60,000 for a house, right? And then you look at house prices today, like, the median is like 300,000. I think in California, it's seven, 800,000. Is it that the houses got more expensive? No, it's not, right? It's that the dollar got devalued. And so it takes more of it. You need more of the dollar power to buy the house. All you have to do is look at gold, right? When you look at the amount of gold to buy a house like in 1974 compared to today, it's just a little bit more gold than in 1974 to buy that same house because gold has held its value. Now imagine being able to tokenize that so that it moves through the blockchain and that value moves through the blockchain, right? And there's going to be, um, you know, Ripple, XDC, um, Link with CCIP, all these different protocols. That's why they're moving into that space of tokenization. So you're going to have a few of them. They're going to kind of master this area and it's going to move a lot of money through it. Well, Jenna, we've talked a lot about bullish catalysts. And I think one of the biggest bullish catalysts you've seen in the crypto market today is Jim Cramer becoming bearish on Bitcoin. Since Jim Cramer was bearish on Bitcoin, Jenna, we have seen the Bitcoin price chart go from $27,000 all the way to $35,000. And if that doesn't speak for itself, I don't know what does. The inverse Cramer indicator literally never fails. And that's why he is the leader and the sole 
uh, what is it? What do I call it? The face of the 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 rat snake weasel index. Sorry for the mental hiccups this morning, guys. Right here, buddy. I got it. <laughs> but Jenna, I do want to get your comments. We got Larry Fink and all these guys turning bullish. Jim Cramer turned bearish. Ever since then, it's been nothing but upwards price action. Yeah. Do you think it's going to continue, or are you anticipating some bearish days? I mean, I'll get nervous whenever Jim Cramer becomes bullish on Bitcoin. And I'm like, okay, now I need to take some profits. Um, but yeah, I know. How does this guy still have a job is what I want to know. Um, you know, Larry Fink definitely has way more weight than Jim Cramer ever has or will have. Um, and you know what? Whenever he speaks, people will listen. And last week, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, Larry Fink's comments. And I made a tweet. I'm like, he is going to start this bull run by himself and look, look where we're at. It's crazy just to watch, but yeah. How, how do people still take Jim Cramer seriously is what I want to know. I mean, what is he good for? It's a good question, but Jenna, I actually think he's doing his job. He's creating the exit liquidity for JP Morgan. Right. Someone's right. got to convince the middle class to sell the institutions. That's what I think Jim uh, Cramer does in this market. And when I used to trade stocks, I used to watch Jim Cramer and I was one of those people, AKA, the exit liquidity or is the sheep, Johnny likes to say. We got 471 live <laughs> listeners. We got 471 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We talked a lot about ETFs, Jenna, but I'm going to come to you first on this article as well before we move on. The SEC's appeal odds are a mere 3% against Ripple, and it makes their path very challenging ahead. The latest data suggests only a 14% chance that the SEC is successful in their appeal against Ripple Labs. Despite the three-year legal battle, Ripple maintains its winning streak as the charges were dropped against their CEO and executive chairman this week. What do you take away from the saga right now? Do you think this is contributing to the bullish sentiment? Ripple won against the SEC. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely bullish sentiment about Ripple, but if we're talking about price action right now, I think that that's all based on Bitcoin. But to me, we've already won, right? Um, you know, Three things so far, Chris Larson's dropped, uh, Brad Garlinghouse, they've dropped that. And of course, XRP is not a security. But right now, all we have to basically figure out is, you know, the this $770 million sales of XRP, they're going to try to bring that down. And whether that looks like a settlement or ends up going to the Supreme Court, who knows? But right now, it just looks like XRP is the one with regulatory clarity and I think that that's going to be huge going into the bull run this time because we don't have that monkey on our back that we did before, right? That in 2021, I feel like that really like held us down, kind of stomped us out while everything else was just pumping and soaring. Um, so I think that, you know, this time it's going to look really, really good. And they, at this point, they have nothing to lose, right? They're going to keep going. They're going to keep fighting. But ultimately, they want to get that number down from 770 million. So they're going to be like, hey, you know, this is not all profit. This is not all from ODL sales and they'll just keep trying to do what they can do there. In my opinion. The biggest thing that Ripple has going, or I should say XRP for them is like Jeff's in the last bull run, the whole entire narrative was the lawsuit. Guess what? In the next narrative, the whole entire narrative that you're going to be spun about XRP is going to be adoption and being used in, in real world cases and in banks, you know, bank to bank conversions and in tokenization. And this, the narrative is going to flip so much. And when you can tie all that positive, although most of it will be fake news of all these adoption stories, which most of them won't be real, but the fact that they'll put them out there and you'll hear about them and that there's no monkey on their back is going to make it, exciting 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 yeah 
I guess Jenna has got a big crush for Jim, which I totally understand. I could see the connection there. Uh, but, uh, Jenna's out of Jim's league. I'll say that. I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. I would have to have Jenna's head examined if she wanted to go with Jim. But anyway, nonetheless, you know, the reality is what's really excited is that the narratives that are going to be spun are going to be like the ones you saw in 2017 where they were talking about XRP, you know, the SBI guy came out, oh, yeah, it's going to be in every single bank in Japan. And this, those are the kinds of narratives you're now going to hear again in this next bull run about Ripple. In the reality, someone will be legitimate. Someone will be true adoption stories and things like that. But what you won't be hearing about is how they're in court. And what you will be hearing about is how they're the only company that has legal clarity. And that, I think, is really going to help push XRP you know, we should, God, man, if we don't bust through the all-time highs in this bull run, I have, <laughs> then I, then I have no idea what's going I would imagine not only are we going to bust through it, but we should see a really nice, healthy, you know, double-digit numbers, I'm hoping anyway. Johnny Crypto, I want to ask our live chat something. So I found this video over the weekend where Hoskinson is describing his role with Ethereum, describing that he was a CEO, but he didn't have a lot of power at the time. And it's only about 50 seconds, but I'm not sure if they want to cover it. So put a one in the live chat if you'd like to see that video. Put a two in the live chat if you think that we can skip it for today. And Johnny, for the sake of ending this show on, on somewhat of a positive note, we talked a lot about the ETF approval. Let's finish it out with a little bit of the XRP price action that we've seen so far this morning. And what we're seeing on the charts right now is something pretty interesting. We've broken out past that 55 cent range, and that's going to be pivotal. But if we break above 62 cents, we are going to get some very bullish price action for XRP. And I think it starts with Bitcoin. So Forgetting about the exit plan, don't. it's too early, right? We can't talk about taking profits yet. Let's get over a dollar, maybe $2. It's going to come in handy at that point. But what I do think is important right now is the momentum of the market has shifted. We were going down. Now we're going up. Very, very simple. What do you take away from what we're seeing today? Is this the bigger of a much larger movement? Or do you think the majority of this is already behind us? No, 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 no. There's a big movement coming still. In fact, when you go back and look at the 2021 bull run, I believe it started in October of 2020, right around this time period. I have to go back and look at the charts now, but if my memory recalls correctly, we saw some nice action moving. Actually, you probably could do it from there we go. Yeah, so if you go back and look uh, around 2020, go back a little bit where you get that. I was actually in the market. I can talk from experience here, which is pretty cool, Johnny. Yeah, so, you were in it too. Yeah, but what is that dip right there? Right in cool. So right I remember there. the COVID crash. The COVID crash took oh, Bitcoin. The COVID crash took Bitcoin from about $10,000 all the way to about three and a half. It's not even showing it on the chart. There was a wick down to three and a half thousand dollars at this time. From that point, I ended up accumulating a little bit of Bitcoin at 9,000. And I remember this pullback right here. We went to 12K, we pulled back. There was nothing but negative narratives. Bitcoin doesn't have momentum. There's not a lot of liquidity. Nobody backs it. From that point forward, we went from about $10,000, guys, in, in the beginning of September to, let me get this correct to about 65,000. This wasn't the ultimate peak in November. This was over the next four months. We went from $10,000 to $60,000 in total value for Bitcoin. And as you can see, it actually traded there for a little while. In 2020, it was a one-time wick here. It actually rallied back and forth. We went to 60, then 49, then 55, then 52. So there was some volume in this trading range, which is pretty exciting as well. But take a look. What I want you to see is you see that little bump that happened in that July time period, how we got that little bump. Go back to that chart. We're, yeah, right there. Right, Not that one, Abs. The bump right out. Yeah, right. See where it goes up? Right there. When was that? Okay, so that was July, and we went from 9 to what? 12? Yeah. So that was about 20%. 
Think about it. 23%. That's what we're living right now. See that little bump there? We're, we're having that now. And it actually pulled back. Right. And then it, and then it skyrocketed. What, 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 when did it start to take off? When did it go from after that run all the way up? Was that about three months of time? Well, I don't know if I was on mute for that segment, but that would be about five months of time, Johnny Crypto. We five went from months, October baby. to April. It's just nothing but upward price action. Five months. So maybe four. So that's what, again, I feel like we're almost living that same, like that little bump we got there is what we're encountering right now. And then five to six months later, that thing, that so much skyrocketed. And, you know, if we're One more going thing, Johnny Crypto, I remember this narrative as well. This wick, it, it actually looks pretty big on this chart. You know what this is right here? There was a run up from 10K to 30K. I was in the market. Jen, I'm sure you re remember this too. Elon Musk started talking about crypto. And what that did is it pushed Bitcoin above 30,000. There was a big pullback by the rumors, sell the hype. And then we had this second rally. And what this second rally did is it convinced a lot of retail investors that Bitcoin got that validation it needed. Elon Musk is now buying Bitcoin. It must be here to stay. So I remember that going on too, Johnny. Oh, you're on mute. You're muted, Johnny. Oh, sorry. My point is this little bump we're getting now, maybe some of that little bump then. And that's what I'm saying. Like if everybody thinks this is it and sell, you know, the scary thing is no. I think there's still a, a lot of excitement to come. This is just kind of that last, you know, if you look at the cheat sheet, this is where they kind of do what's called a, it's called a, 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 a beer trap. So this is, you know, they're going to kind of pump it and pull, pull it down. Everybody gets out and then see ya. But I think we're on the front end of that bear trap. Not, you know, we're, we're not at the, at the back end of it yet. But to me, this is why, you know, you just got to, you got to, you got to right now, for me anyway, Abs, I think it's the, you asked me earlier, what is it? It's, I think it's the beginning of a major, major run. I ain't selling. I ain't doing nothing right now. I guess I got an exit plan, but I ain't selling. If you don't have an exit plan, click on the link below www.merlincrypto.com and go get or go check out Jenna's Jenna's version. You know, click on hers, go sign up for Merlin, get yourself in. And Gonzo, I'd love to kick it to you too, which is really exciting. This is what we want to get from you right now. People are asking, Gonzo's the TA guy. What do you see in the narratives from these charts? Floor is yours, Gonzo. Yeah, so I'm looking at like my chart. And so, like in 2019, we did a very similar move from January going up, we made the high in the summer, and then we kind of made lower highs coming down. What's a little bit different, we kind of did the same thing. January kind of made our high. Now we've made a new high. So it's a little bit different. But like the, I think the rally that he's talking about, Johnny's talking about, is uh, what happened is right before the COVID crash, we went from about 6,500 up to like 10,000. For at that time, it was quite a move. Uh, what we're doing different now is that we had our high during the summer in 2019. And I say 2019 because it was the pre-having year, right? We have to compare cycles. We're in the pre-having year. We've made a new high. Got to have to see where we roll over. Look, long term, the pre the having is bullish for Bitcoin, but there is a correction, right? Because when the when the rewards get reduced, there's a sell-off that happens with the miners, right? Because they're going to be they're going to have to get new equipment and they have to kind of like take their profits because they're about to make less money coming in because it gets cut in half. So that's coming next well, year where we could get the correction, right? And, and then that's guys. where we can get kind of that correction. Thank you so much, guys. And it's such an exciting time to be getting involved in the crypto market. We got 518 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And as the, rollers are, as the listeners are rolling in, Johnny Crypto, 
We're going to be closing it out today, guys. And I want to say thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Jenna. Thank you to Gonzo. And thank you to Johnny Crypto himself. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And tomorrow, we're going to have Kevin Cage joining the podcast. That's going to be a really exciting show as well. So we love you. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining.